Oh, oh, one more thing. That's no longer about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time, the last time, we're talking about Strange Bedfellows. Originally broadcast May 8th, 1995, written by Peter S. Fisher, under a pseudonym, Lawrence Vale, which that's always a good sign. Directed by Vincent McEvity, and starring George Went, Rod Steiger, Bruce Kirby, John Finnegan, a handful of people who are on Barty Miller... And, of course, <laughs> Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, of course, we're joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time back, uh, this time around, we're welcoming back our very first guest, our dear friend, Leonard Pierce. But before we bring him on, RJ, beat this dead horse for us, would you? John, I might need your help in the chorus in this. And also, Leonard, if you'd like to join in, too, on that, uh, your help would be appreciated. <clears throat> Do what I can. Making your way in horse racing today takes everything you've got. Having a brother with gambling debts sure won't help a lot. Wouldn't he just want you to pay? Sometimes you want to shoot your brother in the back of the head. Leave him in his car for dead. You want to blame it on some guy, someone who's got deep mob ties. You want to shoot your brother in the back of the head. How about the night that Bruno comes by for 200 large in a case, and your big-ass pistol puts a hole in his gut, and your field mice all get caught. Sometimes you want to shoot your brother in the back of the head. Leave him in his car for dead. Ride him any bike, though you're a big guy. Put on some awful lousy disguise. You want to shoot your brother in the back of the head. You want to get away scot-free. With Columbo and Steiger, it ain't easy. You want to shoot your brother in the back of the head. Leonard, welcome back to the show. Oh boy. If I can say something, I I am a person who could admit when he's wrong. And this this episode of Columbo, uh, this one, this final thing, has been kind of built up over the for our regular listeners, all like a half dozen of you. And it's been like, oh, God, that's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And the entire time I've been saying, it's not going to be bad, as bad as all that. It can't be as bad as the Ed McBain episodes, blah, blah, blah. It can't be as terrible as, say, Sex and Murder Detective, whatever. And, uh, like I said, I can admit when I'm wrong. This, yeah. this, this is not a good episode of Columbo. And so we're going out on the highest of notes. And, well, it's the uh, only way we can go out. Yeah, I suppose so. This is, this is a mythological ending. We have we have built this up as the big boss right, of, right. Our, of our journey. And in a way, it does kind of fulfill it, because it's kind it of does. some sort of, I guess, a pretty, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's up there on the, on the pedestal of, 
if you were going to pick something, if somebody they think of, if they watch Columbo, but they think of like uh, the 90s to 2000s ones, uh, it's like, oh, just kind of mediocre, uh, dull, not that good. This is actually pretty much, you know, exhibit A for that sort of thing. And I didn't expect it. <laughs> I, I was a little surprised at how much I didn't enjoy this. And it's strange. Wow. So who wants to go first? Anyone to talk about this thing? Well, I have uh, come up with a couple of alternate titles for this episode. Oh, please, like... please, great do. place to start. Please, uh, instead of Strange Bedfellows, uh, what else could this uh, have been called? Yeah, the actual title is Strange Bedfellows, which doesn't make any sense. No, not, not at all. You're right because it doesn't have anything to do with politics. It doesn't have anything to do with so, like uh, perhaps people uh, having an affair or sleeping with each other. Nothing. None of that is in this episode. So I was confused by that from the start. But yeah, yeah, there's also some politics in it. Yeah. Um. So I came up with a few alternate titles. Uh, Clams Columbo. Okay, that's good. good. I like that. Yes. Uh, Columbo, the dumbest mystery. Okay, sure. Uh, Columbo, so very tired. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one's my my personal favorite. Columbo does entrapment. Yes, yes. Can I I, I throw a couple at you? Indeed, Uh, sure. You've given me some inspiration for some more. Okay. Um. Uh, Columbo, the roughing up of an old guy. Yes. Oh my God, I've got it in my notes. Yes. What a what a scene. Uh, yeah. Columbo, can we just call it the clamtastrophe? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, and of course, Columbo, Rod Steiger wanted uh, to have a big meal and have somebody else pay for it. The yeah, the episode. Of, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned the uh, like you talked about how this one it couldn't be as bad as. Uh, the Ed McBain episode, which it's much worse than the Ed McBain Significantly. Yeah. But yeah. The, the difference is the Ed McBain one just didn't feel like an episode of Columbo. Right. Like it was just really dark and kind of grim and off tone. Whereas this one was like an episode of Columbo, but like written by an extremely stupid person. Right. Which you've got. I really would love to know. Um, I mean, I, I know. I know. You can guess why Peter S. Fisher, who had written a bunch of other episodes of Columbo. Uh, went on to a lot of other shows himself. Uh, maybe perhaps wanted a different name, but like, did he want it because it was rewritten extensively, or did he not particularly feel any sort of kinship to the script that he thought was one of his lesser ones? I'd love to know it's, what well, the like deal the, is with the that. Itself is so terrible. Like, I mean, I know the gimmick of Columbo, obviously, but if this had been a whodunit, it would have been the dumbest whodunit they've ever. <laughs> yeah, because what's not? All, yeah. First of all, the whole mystery hinges on, I mean, let's not mince words here. George Wendt is a big fat guy. And a lot of the plot here hinges on the fact that he's a big fat guy and anyone would easily be able to tell. Right. Like he, he doesn't yeah. He dresses up in disguise, and everybody knows it's still George Wendt. Right. Let me, yes. uh, if I, if yeah. I might, can I go through the, the two disguises of George Wendt? Yeah. Uh, the first one, Orson Welles' shadow. <laughs> uh, and the second one, Uncle Buck. What an amazing yes, disguise. Yes, actually, Walking yeah. Into a crowded yeah, kind bar of dressed yeah. as John Candy. Right, yeah. Everybody would have been going, it's John Candy. Did you see John Candy? John Candy is over there. Oh, John Candy just drove up in a Ford Aerostar. Yeah. John Candy well, likes scotch and soda. That. Right. Well, oh, yeah. Why is he Yeah. Well, actually, I'd like to... There's a, there are a million things to to disrespect about this episode. Yeah. 
But it's admiration of the line, scotch and soda, easy on the soda, yeah. as, right. as being the height of witticism, certainly needs some investigation. Right. The, the scene where the waitress at the, at the restaurant in the final scene takes the order, she reacts to that line like, oh, look at this clever son of a bitch. <laughs> she, go, she goes to the bar and repeats it to the bartender right. with this kind of like, I heard a good one today, Jerry. And he replies with a, mm, I'll prepare a special one for Mr. Comedy. Everybody <laughs> loved it. It's the most memorable thing they've even heard, ever heard, even though right. if you are a waitress or a bartender, that's just like bug noise. You don't even hear it anymore. Yeah, this... I, and so what? What is it? Is it the writing? Is the directing? Is it? And I I hesitate to say this because I I had high hopes for it, but George <clears throat> George Went isn't good in this sort of thing. I think is the He's, biggest problem with it. I believe he it's, can't it's carry really... this sort of thing of being a heavy, being a villain, and from the very very first scene in the pawn shop where he's trying to be very menacing and secretive, it just doesn't land at all and it just it just throws you off for the rest of the thing that's the shame is that we know george went can glower he his norm on occasion oh, is right. just like yes like mal, kind of malevolent sometimes sometimes the yeah. look yeah the look he'll yeah. give cliff for instance right it's so it kind of or, you know there's a couple episodes sometimes where Really, in the first season, I think they didn't do this too often. But they actually bring Norm in to be a heavy, don't they? A little bit, yes. Yeah. No, there, yeah. Are, there are a couple things. Like, the very, very early days, there are a couple where that happens. And there's actually yeah. there's that one where... Um, uh, oh, good. Here we go. It's going to have a, a Cheers podcast. Um, where Cliff <laughs> has uh, Norm actually deliver some of his mail, and Norm ends up in jail or something like that. And he comes in, and you think he is going to beat the crap out of Cliff because he's so angry about it. And right. George Went does it very, very well. The anger, the thing. But yeah, you don't see anything like that here. And I just think it was maybe because it was very miscast. Because I think they wanted it to be like this kind of fancy-ish mm -hmm. dude. And <laughs> this is not... Yeah, it just it's too, it's too bad they didn't have Rod Steiger's number. They could have had right, a good yeah, exactly. There, right? Well, it's somebody I thought, and, but it would have been too late at this point. If you're going to go for like um, uh, Cheers alumni, by this point, Frazier was doing okay. It was already launched. It was doing mm -hmm. well. But uh, Kelsey Grammer playing this role would have been kind of something you could see, like this guy who's this sure. fancy guy trying to fall into the father's footsteps, running the uh, horse ranch. Nobody really believes in him, and he's got to do everything. I mean, I could kind of have almost seen him being able to do this if he had to have someone from Cheers. Uh, but George Went, it just doesn't fit somehow. Because sometimes he is trying to be like the fancy fellow, and then yeah. sometimes, you know, the, the Chicago accent just comes through, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, there it is, and that's George Went. And you never yeah. think it's somebody else at all, ever. Yeah. He certainly he plays his role like it's a, it's a sketch. He plays his role like in this yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's a he's a good sketch actor. There's a scene where where uh uh I can't believe I've forgotten his character's name. Graham McVeigh. Yeah. Yeah. Where where Graham and his brother Teddy, so by the way it's Teddy Graham's. Um, oh god, yes, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have uh, a feeling 
that was intentional. I have a yeah. feeling the guy that's like, I'm quite clever. Uh, and there's a scene right after the horse loses and we're done with um, uh, My Fair Lady. Right. In the bathroom where he's splashing water in his face because he's just gotten more in debt with the mob. Right. And the the scene he has with Went, it's not complicated, but it's it a small self contained thing. Like it's that bit it's, that yeah. that few minutes, there you go. Okay, on to the it's, next thing. It's, yeah. It's repartee, right? That he can do. But this is not a character he knows how to inhabit. Right. There there's also the one the one moment um after he shoots uh the mafia guy where he mm-hmm. calls nine one one, he says, Oh, he oh. just tried shoot there's something about it the way he delivers that line, it's great, but it's not like anything else he does in the rest of the episode. So there's yeah. no sort of consistency to it. And it's just like, Oh yeah. I think, I think it's just some really odd miscasting and that kind of mm-hmm. just kills this whole thing, which is a shame because there's a scene towards the end where it's, um, in a diner and there's this one shot of George Went, Peter Falk, Bruce Kirby and think like, oh, at any other Earth, this would be an amazing thing <laughs> for me to see. I'd be so happy. But here, yeah. it's just a bunch of dashed promises on the uh, the rocks of hope, pretty much. It's like, oh, how'd you like it, Leonard? Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know if people tell me George Went is a good actor, I believe them. But if this is the only thing that I'd ever seen George Went in, I would go. What does he have on the Columbo producers? Right. No, I, yeah, exactly. I, I'd agree with I, you 100%. Yeah. He was so in, I mean, what you say is right. Like, there were little moments that he carried off really well. Mm-hmm. But any time that he was required to be menacing right. or, or be caught off guard or seem genuinely angry or anything, he just seemed so at sea. And he kept that, you know, he had that expression on his face. The entire episode that was just this combination of like, I am suspicious and I am guilty, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a placard yeah. that said murder, right. you know, it was just so bad. And <sighs> the casting is a real issue in this, yeah, right. it, among other things, it what <laughs> lends to the unbelievability of yet. Uh, <laughs> What's that? Hmm? We haven't even gotten to Rod Steiger yet. I know. Right, I know, Can't yes. Rod Steiger and his two malevolent meatheads or Eliza Doolittle. But right. before we get there, God, that pissed me off. What, her? Like... Yeah, there's two things in this episode that really made me angry. I was shocked I'll... that she actually is British. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, she, is actually, she is actually from, I thought it was somebody just doing a terrible Cockney accent thing. And yeah, she's actually there's a British, lot of and she was with and she was with um, uh, Jack Nicholson for a time and everything too. Like she was just yeah, was like this British actress and model, and I thought it was somebody, some American they just had doing a terrible, terrible like oh yeah, how you doing? Oh, what might? It's like what? I don't. I, I, was I don't know. I don't know how she is with her accents, but it's been my experience that there's a lot of English folks who cannot do Cockney. Right. Uh, in the same way that a lot of Americans can't do Southern. Okay. You know, and it just becomes like, it, I've heard people do mockney like that, that I think they meant sincerely. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, to get, to get to the point, just as far as the, the efforts of the casting director, Ron Stevenson, yeah. uh, we have George Wendt, who, who looks like a pinata of meat. 
and his brother, who is, uh, by the way, same age, and shares wait same no age physical, really same uh, there's like four years difference wow okay huh. yeah well that happened you know fat guys look older but um, I say as a proud fat guy um, <laughs> I say as a well ashamed fat guy but yeah uh, <laughs> they not only do they look nothing alike which I get maybe that's what you're trying to go for I have close-ups of their faces and you can literally see that none of their facial features are the same. They somehow managed to cast a guy who had a complete opposite face. Yeah, there's huh. no way those two are related. Now, um, yeah, they couldn't even be cousins by marriage. According to my partner, he was in uh, Six Feet Under. That actor. Yes. Yeah. But um, I think he's, you know, knowing nothing else about him, because God knows I don't do my research for these things. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Who cares? Yeah, I, I think we're probably spent the rest of the 90s playing vampires. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like cool vampires, you know? Yeah, probably. He, yeah. he was definitely a background evil guy in Buffy the Vampire Slayer like eight times. Um, yeah. But, like, I just wanted to interject real quick one more thing that I loved about George Went. I'm and sorry, I Leonard. Think... You want to interject what? One more <laughs> thing? <laughs> sorry. Good one. Oh, but I'll give you this. Hold on. You'll like this, Leonard. Uh, That guy that you're talking about, uh, he was in uh, both of the Atlas Shrugged films. (laughs) So there you go. All right. Yeah. So he's, he, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought that would be amusing, but yeah. There's a scene very early on where George Went kind of, I think, sets the tone for the whole episode. And it's where (laughs) he goes into the pawn shop dressed like the shadow. Yes, right? yes, he does. And oh my God, yes. He's buying, <laughs> his untra- he's buying his untraceable gun, and then he does two things that are so tonally different that it just sets the whole mood of the how messed up this episode is going to be. Is Number one, he smells the gun. Right. Yeah. Like, like, the only way you would be able to find out anything about that is if it had literally just been fired, like, a minute Minutes before. ago, yeah. Right. Like, immediately <laughs> so, before, yeah. Like, apparently, he's such a gun expert, he can, like, detect microparticles of gunpowder <laughs> on it years ago by sticking it halfway up his nose. Right. I think he was just looking for jelly beans. <laughs> sure. He <was> <laughs> okay. He's constantly on a hunt. And the other thing is, he delivers a line right after that which George Wendt should never have to deliver because he just can't do it. He's never going to play a guy who says this thing. And what he says is, this meeting never took place. <laughs> right, yes. It's already forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, George that, uh... never going to play a character who says this meeting never takes place. Never yeah. took place. Right. I Also, why was the fiddler on the roof uh, manning that, thr- that uh, pawn shop? That's Actually, accent. Oh, I'm telling you, it's it's. Uh, I will tell you, Alex Hentoloff, who was on mm-hmm. John. You should know lots of episodes. He's of a Ash. he's a big Barney Miller guy too, and also of many, well, three or four people in this. Um, that him, that accent. Oh, sorry, it's just the accent he was doing really feels like a 1970s TV show accent. You know? Oh no, very much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which it felt like. Oh, he was maybe playing the character on Barney Miller, a pawn shop owner mm-hmm. who got held up on Barney Miller, pretty much. Uh, talk to That's why I got into unfaceable guns. Exactly, yeah. 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 I don't know, like, 
I wasn't watching Columbo in the 90s, so I don't really have a sense of how popular it was or how, like, what kind of budget it had. But, like, when when George Went was wearing his creep shot photographer outfit, <laughs> yeah, you know, with the fake beard and everything, that oh, obviously yeah. like 20 cents. And I also know that they didn't break the bank on rental cars in this one. No. Yeah. Like, every character in the episode was driving a car that is like you went to the rental agency and said, give me the cheapest one you got. Well, no, I, that's like I said before, like uh, the fact that he's driving around in a Ford Aerostar for most yeah, of the episode is so strange. Like, oh, he's rolling up in a really weird early 90s minivan. Like, oh, yeah, OK, sure. Be, he's supposed to be supposed to be a horse rancher and yeah. he's driving like a, a grade school art teacher's van. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even have a truck, right? He should have a truck. When yeah. you're on during the during the uh, heart stopping car chase, mm. yeah, he's he's at least driving, I think, a Bronco. But that's I'm it. Posit- I'm positive yeah. the car is stopped at one point during the car. Oh, chase. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, that car chase where. Ugh. Oh my god! Yeah, that thing is. By the way, I think there is one scene where I think Went does come off as actually kind of menacing and surly. And it's uh, it's the first time he meets Columbo, and he's crossing the field, and he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and Columbo's panicking, looking for a lighter or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants, yeah, he wants Columbo out of the, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was. I don't know if that was just George Went has small little legs or something, and it's difficult for him to cross long distances, or did they want him to look like he was big and menacing? Well, you know what? Because it didn't pay off. You know what? I just remembered uh, uh, George Went. The performance I I actually did enjoy in Fletch, where he's like the guy Fat oh, Sam yeah. on the beach. I I just I completely forgot until just this moment, like that he does okay. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? Where's that George went? Who can? That's oh. where he's first introduced, and Columbo's trying to find the lighter for him. Reminds me of the other thing I was going to say about how like shitty this is as a mystery, is that like the main evidence against him, the main tip off that Columbo gets is that there's cigarette ashes in the Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the victim doesn't smoke, but it's George Wentz brand. That's so old. It's got fucking like it fought in the civil war. That's <laughs> well, like the oldest. And that's gimmick all of mysteries. And, and it, you, it, that's the first one they use. And, and it's not just that. It's the fact that they also spend like five to 10 minutes rehashing it and explaining it. There's a couple of mm-hmm. things like that in this episode where, oh, okay, there's that thing, and yet they go back and forth explaining it for a very, very long time. Like, we get it, we know, we saw it, because we're, like, we're here, we're the audience, at least we see what's on the show. screen. We're good. Thank you. And they keep if explaining it. one mystery show, you already know that gimmick, you know? Right, yeah. And yeah. here it is in 1994, and they're, you know, using it in Columbo. But the, the, the upside is, you get to hear them word, say the word "but" so many times, which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, that's actually one of the things that's that is a completely different um, biome. It makes the '90s a different biome than the '70s. Is that the mystery of Columbo is how is he going to catch the guy? Right? It's not this as one, it's, it's pretty I quick. Get him. You know, it's yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, this is one of three or four from the '90s where literally the second Columbo shows up, he's got enough evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to watch that, even with the promise of Rod Steiger. Which is right. why it's that's why it's even more astounding because Columbo had figured this one out within seconds of arrival on uh, yes. George. 
Wait. This one, there's, there's no question because I mean, we've talked about this on the on the on the podcast where, okay, at what point do you think he had him figured out? This one, pretty clear, pretty yet, pretty clear, yeah, and then you have to wait for another hour. Yeah, that's why it's all the more shocking that he basically has to use entrapment, right? Yeah, to get or quit. Like, how does he have to do this elaborate and also profoundly illegal? Oh, oh yeah, not yeah. not just illegal. Right, do we want to jump to the ending? Well, or do let's, we wanna... let's not jump to the ending quite yet. Because yeah, that's we're going to have a lot sort of yelling. Because I mean, before we get to that, before we get to that, we've got uh, uh, Columbo being kidnapped. Yeah, Columbo getting beaten up. We've got uh, Columbo touching his face after uh, feeling up a dead mouse in a dumpster. We've got so many things. Yeah, there's some Beyond stuff that. in this episode that were not in any other Columbo episode. Right. I'll give you that much. It had some unique qualities. Two of my favorites, of course, George Went making a fat guy get away on a mini bike. <laughs> a mini Great. bike. Love that scene. Got Love a it. foldable bicycle. He yes, At he's night. gonna he's gonna ride three miles from the murder scene. Okay. At possibly night. the possibly the only well done shot in the entire episode. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that rear shot of the rear nighttime lighting shot of George Went looking like one of the fat Guinness twins. <laughs> <laughs> He's off to find his twin. Right. <laughs> I forgot those guys. That. Oh, oh my God. God. Hold That's it. Great. Stop. 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 Oh, guys, right. I need your help. We're yeah. going to pitch to DreamWorks a movie about one of the fat motorcycle twins getting <laughs> lost and having to travel the country to find the other fat motorcycle twin. <laughs> sure. It's it's what is that called? What's that, the the uh, the Disney movies that have dogs and cats finding their way home? Big Search, Big Big Brother, Big, big Yeah. What? <laughs> Fat Chance. I don't know. And the other thing that this episode features that I think no other Columbo episode can offer is Columbo making a diagram around a dead rat. Right. Mm. Yes. Yeah, which not that doesn't far. really, yeah, it doesn't really help that diagram around the dead red. It's not much of a diagram no. either. Right? It's, it's strange. But well, yet, this is a really a lot of network television time is spent doing it, which is just like really. Oh, this is a real bad episode for drawing in general because not only does oh hey wait John John you, yeah. you could have stopped before drawing in general. That's true. Yes. But uh, at one point near the end, near the famous line that made this such a good episode to watch, really, uh, Columbo shows uh, George Wendt's character an artist depiction of Which Uncle I didn't Buck. mind that. I thought that was okay. I thought that was a pretty it, good drawing. I was surprised. What? I was like, oh, this would be a ridiculous thing. Like, oh, okay, that was all right. It doesn't look anything like him. Exactly. That's why I thought it was, was fine. That, yeah. Was that the point? Because he looks I at it for so. an hour. Yeah. And so he's like, Oh, they got me. Like, I well, have no idea. You know what it looked like? It looked like I thought it was a tie-in to the in-laws, because it looked like that one guy who's trying to get Alan Arkin and Peter Falk in the in-laws. And they, they uh, there's uh, the two uh, mob guys, and one was wearing a hat like that. Uh, when Alan Arkin has to go and get the stuff out of Peter Falk's office, and the two guys... Find him, and they have the shootout outside the uh, the diner with David Paymer there by the uh, taxi cab, and uh, Peter Falk shoots the guy who looks like the guy in the police drawing in the wrist. He looks like that guy. Anyway, join us next week for everyone. A new watch that. It's an excuse for everyone to go back and rewatch the in-laws. A fine in-laws. Peter Falk film, much better than this episode of Columbo, and uh, keep an eye out 
for that actor who looks like... Oh, he was the guy who played Bluto in the Popeye film. Oh. Now you know. Oh, now you that was know. A little, that was quicker. That's all <laughs> I had to say. That was a shortcut for John. The guy who played Bluto in the Popeye film. That's who it is. Uh, it was sorry that I missed dude. out on the wonderful journey that everybody else gets to experience. <laughs> Instead, you got to watch that. I, I don't know, again, much about... You know, maybe you guys know more about the pre-production process of this episode than I do. Thank God, but, no, but yes. I'm 100% certain that it was not written with George Went in mind. Oh, no. Oh, probably no, not, no. no. No, no. And the script goes extremely far out of its way to tiptoe around the fact that George Went is fat. Mm. And and that's why you get scenes like him walking around in that shadow outfit as if that's a normal thing to do. Right. Or him riding off on a little tiny motorbike yeah. or him dressing up in a disguise that would fool no one. Right. Because those all things that would seem plausible if you cast a thin guy in that role, but which seem completely absurd when you have a big dude like fucking George Went in it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how this would have worked a little better? Uh, switch switch uh, Jeff Yeager and, and George Went. Sure. If George Went had been the victim. George Went is easily a guy who can play a dude who's shook because he owes a lot of money to a cut-rate mobster. He might actually owe money to a cut-rate mobster. That might be the secret to his acting style. Sure. Yeah, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Actually, here's how I would have cast it. Went would have been the brother. Steiger would have been the killer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that could have worked too. Yeah, but that means... like a 20, 25, 30 year difference in ages, but we'll figure that out. But that would have been like uh, that would have been more Rod Steiger, and I don't know if I would have wanted that either, given this episode. But yeah, speaking um, of that rape monster, he owed money to, aka mm-hmm. the second murder victim. Yes. Yeah, Bruno. Yeah, uh, Bruno. Right. Um, I like that he played the only restaurateur in Los Angeles. Who had no idea how to deal with rodent infestation. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, you hold a bucket. You get a shoebox. You yeah. get some Christmas lights. Yeah. Yeah, that he's yeah, he's just he has his fucking, you know, doorman standing by the bathroom door with a bucket, you know, like yeah, this is a person who knows how restaurants work. <laughs> well one thing one thing about the uh, the odd mouse reveal was that the uh, lady goes nuts about the mouse. Like, it's a giant rat. Like, oh, oh, God. And then anything Columbo says, like, oh, it's tiny. It was just a small mouse. Everybody else is a small mouse. But then once you actually see it, you kind of get her point. That was a big goddamn mouse. So yeah, that's a mouse, huh? That was not, that's not the tiny little mouse. I, you know, I live in a city. Sometimes we get a tiny mouse in the house once in a while. A fraction of the size of that goddamn monster that uh, Columbo was just swinging around and then licking his fingers after uh, touching. Uh, well, I hope 20 minutes. You, when you do find those tiny mice in your house, you have a bucket and a mop and... A oh, yeah. Of oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I all, am the more... normal, all the normal rat-catching equipment. Right, of course, yeah. Oh, God. A box full of comically outdated traps that, you know... That, that, will, that will take just long enough for someone to be in my private office to speak on the phone for about eh, 15 minutes or so. And no one will notice someone went into the office... Okay. Right. And you're also you're also an incredibly corrupt gangster and yet you only have three employees in your restaurant. Yes. <laughs> so you have them all be distracted long enough for somebody to rifle through your files or whatever. One of whom again was a very frequent guest star on Barney Miller. Another Barney Miller. 
guest star, which, yeah, I was surprised, like, going, like, I knew that guy. There are so many, like, uh, oh, it's that person type folks in this one, which I was, that, that was one of the few bright spots of this. That and Bruno Kirby uh, was a huge bright spot. Was I, this I his last a... one? Bruno, uh, Bruce Kirby? Oh, Bruce Kirby. I said Bruno. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. Crossing uh, yeah. I have no idea. I can go check it, it out. It might have been. I think it might have been. Because he had a very sizable role in this. He was playing like a pretty big role like he did back in the 70s ones. Except it was the kind of nice switch that he wasn't annoyed by Columbo the entire time like he was in the 70s ones. Uh, it's a different character name. Um, but yeah, like he actually was in it quite a bit. And I, I, I thought he was very good in this. I thought it was a nice, nice send-off for Bruce Kirby. In the Columbo verse, as it were. This episode, like, hmm? I have, I have a question about this episode. All right, we do all we do. know if Peter Falk was like actually sick during the filming of this? I don't know. Like, was that was the whole thing about like? There's a running gag about how he had eaten bad clams and was feeling very sick. But Peter Falk himself looks extremely tired and weary. Well, I think that's and. Just... This, like this era, he, he's, he did. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but even more so than usual in the '90s, Columbo's he looks on the <laughs> like on the verge of death to the degree that I actually looked up what year he died. And I was oh, like, really? <laughs> oh, was it just before this episode? Yeah, and and it wasn't like he didn't die for like another something fifteen years or no, something. No, no, he had a while after this. Um, no, I think so, he just he just like, kind of looks like that during this time. Was that a script note? I'm, I'm gonna guess it probably was. They probably thought it was a fun gimmicky thing because, like in the '70s ones, he would show up sometimes not feeling well with indigestion or tired or something. I think it was just a bit. I'm, I'm guessing it was just a bit. Yeah. Um, I think they were doing it just because they wanted to have Rod Steiger talk about clams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. That. Um, by the way, I'm looking at a photo. I don't think that's a mouse. That's a vole. Oh, well, even better. Even better. Yeah, I I'm think that's a vol. I, yeah. I'm checking it. I'm comparing it to Google image searches. I think it's a vol. I'll share it. All right. No no wonder the restaurateur was confused. Um, <laughs> so so let's see. You know, we've danced around it. Let, let's talk a little bit now about uh, Rod Steiger. And about his, time. So uh, whoever wants to go, because I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I just, it was strange. The, the, I felt the, like it should have been a good thing. Like, oh, you've got... Peter Falk and Rod Steiger acting against each other? This is, might be interesting. And they're just like, oh, Rod Steiger is getting a paycheck. And I got yeah. nothing to say here. This one's all Leonard because, I mean, obviously Steiger phoned it in, right? Is there a nuance I'm missing? No. Well, here's no, the thing. He, okay. Yeah, go for it. Not to speak ill of the dead or anything. Sure. But... <laughs> oh, no, of course. No, of course. Please. Yes. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. Okay. Well, really not the greatest actor in Hollywood history. Wait, what? <laughs> Leonard, how dare you? How always, dare you, sir? Always, always yeah. a bit of a ham. Yeah. And in this one, where he was obviously just killing time and collecting yeah. a paycheck, he went, like, full-on prosciutto. Yeah. And, like, yeah. literally, like, he... he, he uh, how long do you think it took him to learn to pronounce all those Italian words? About uh, the ten minutes before they, uh... Before they actually called him to set, maybe. Yeah, yeah. just like, you know, they, they must have rented that little mini mansion he lived on. It looked and more like had... a hotel. Like, there's like a hotel lobby is where they were eating, it seemed like. It was well, the weird. Reason, clearly, the reason that everybody was driving around in those cut rate rental cars 
is because instead of renting that building, they had to buy it because Rod Steiger ate all of the scenery. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, everybody. Good night. We'll see you later. Zing! <laughs> and then just cut here. Just cut here yep, and the podcast. It. Good no night, stinger. everybody. Good Bye. night, everyone. I give it a one. Bye. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so that... That, just to rush through it real quick, because this yeah. isn't on YouTube. I, I don't know if folks are going to really want to pay to rent it. Yeah. Um, the yeah. So uh, Steiger playing a mobster. Jen, uh, what is his plan? Why is he involved? I understand Bruno gets murdered. Because because but... he's like a lieutenant <clears throat> and a close associate. Bruno Romano gets murdered, and also he'd been involved in uh, some of the. Like the horse petting stuff too, and on the uh, thing that uh, George went unrigs for his brother, which I don't like that feeding the horse the sugar pills, no, the sugar cubes and the pill. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. The horse doesn't know what's going on, uh, making the horse sick. Don't like that. But anyway, uh, it costs like his brother and the Bob like two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, I follow all of that. Yeah, so he I, wants the money why? back. Also, he wants revenge on the Bruno Romano guy being murdered I'm, I'm by following George Wendt. Here's, so which here's part? the part I don't get. Here's the part I don't get. Why the hell is he bothering to talk to Columbo? I don't know, because he knows Columbo is doing is on the case. So? And wants He's to do a monster. Yeah, I know. I, I know we're trying to avoid talking about the denouement, but one of the really shocking things about it is that it becomes fairly clear to anyone paying as much attention as I wasted my time paying attention to that, that Columbo was entrapping. George oh, Wendt. yes. Yeah. Crazy. The final reveal. You know, let's, his... just, let's do it. Let's do it. Forget it. Let's just go to the, the, the last scene. Where's the weird restaurant we thing? About, Cause it's ridiculous. About Rob Steiger without mentioning this. Right. Is the two goons who have been harassing. <laughs> George Wendt the whole time. Or cops the whole time. Cops. What so the hell's that? And yeah. So, like, that makes it even more inexplicable that Rod Steiger is dealing yeah. with them. Especially so here's your, here's your strange bit. Oh, wait, 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 they, hold on. Oh, actually, oh. maybe. Oh, no, that's crap. it. That's, that's John, what they mean, strange bit. God damn it, John, you made the title make sense. God I'm damn so it, sorry. John. I wondered why. Oh. I, I wondered why this was. I thought there was a joke coming. It's there. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> that is kind of it, isn't it? Oh, the yeah. cops, ah. Wait, wait, yeah, because the guys who haul Columbo in, it's those same two guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if the Oh, my God, are... that doesn't make any sense. That's really stupid, then. Because no yeah, one's if... there to see it. Wait a minute. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, that's horrible. They're cops yep. all along. And all the way down. The ones who beat up Columbo. They're the ones who beat up George Wendt. They're the right. ones who kidnapped Columbo. They're... It's it goes beyond just entrapment and this sort of criminal conspiracy. <laughs> what is this, Chicago? Well, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So are maybe those two cops under cover with Steiger the whole time and he doesn't know until the end? I don't know. Well, it, unless they were well, undercover to get Jordan Wendt. Yeah, he doesn't seem bothered by it at all, if that's the case. Wait, so that means that Columbo was working with this mobster from, like, the beginning. Even mm -hmm. though he, when they have lunch, he acts like he doesn't like him still, and there's no one around to watch. Yeah, it it makes no sense. It's it's just it's bad, and also like it means that the most slam dunk conviction in Columbo's career 
got thrown out of court, like, if it even went to trial. Right. Oh, I don't know, though. George Wendt's character Pinky swore that he wouldn't fight it at all. <laughs> and he just troop off to prison on his yeah, foldable true. bicycle. That's binding in a court of law. Yeah, I can see why uh, Peter S. Fisher went to the Lord's Veil thing on this. What okay, went Did with we... the... Uh, the fake name. When we were talking about how the script was not accommodating for a big man, did was any did we remember to talk about the fact that a three hundred pound man on a mini bike is gonna leave a trail in Oh, dirt? I thought about that, yeah. Maybe I figured the I thought, maybe I thought that was that. gonna be it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. In my note, I was like, surely they're gonna use as evidence the fact that he left a foot deep <laughs> Right. Right, yeah. We yeah. we really probably should, yeah we're being terrible to to overweight folks sorry everybody yeah but right. but this Who comes more honestly no, than we but, do but, it is true but they they ignored it so much in this episode though. that would have been I, I that, that would have been a factor I mean that's not it's not that yeah. that is looking over a factual thing that one he was a heavy smoker oh, and yeah, a large fellow and a tiny foldable bicycle. That's not realistic. And then also, yeah, he would have been left some sort of track for the cops. It wouldn't have been a foot deep, no. But some sort of bike track leading back to his farm, like a few miles I, uh, away the next morning. I literally yeah. thought that was going to be the evidence on which the show hung. Right. And so imagine my surprise as I'm watching this for the first time a few years ago going, yeah, I was a fat guy on a bike, though, right? Never nope. comes up. Yeah. The clams thing, by the way, just just to go back, it really irritated me the second that Columbo started burping and talking about clams. Yeah, because I because I knew that's going to be a running gag. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There's something else that, um, like, to to kind of return to the theme that this had the format and feel of a Columbo episode, only terrible. Right. Right. Um, the, another thing that showed up that usually works in an episode and didn't work at all here, even though the form was familiar. And I checked the running time of this because I wanted to see how long it was before I watched it. And it's actually shorter than most of the nineties Columbo's, which are 98 minutes. And this was only 89, Oh, but it's much longer. Oh, than it does. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the thing that, the thing that comes, it's, it's straight out of the Columbo playbook but really falls flat um, is that waitress. Like, oh, yes. Waitress, right, right, right. The waitress who was involved with uh, with Bruno. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, like, that would have been in any other Columbo episode. That would have been a fun little color bit. And in here, it just seemed like sad and lonely kind of, you know, like. Right. Instead of like cute you know don't tell well, my bar- mother she thinks i'm a virgin like oh god yeah oh, oh. that's sad yeah the uh, the bartender um you know who comes from bruno's and ends up at at the the crime scene don Calfa, uh, another, another uh, barney miller, miller guy alum yeah many of them. um the look on his face because he keeps getting this distant underlit look and i kept thinking is he just realizing this could have been his life all along and he was wasting it at bruno's <laughs> oh, at the fancy place at the Bailey. Yeah, I thought I figured he just kept having existential crises. Oh, maybe. And another, yeah, like another weird thing is where he 
I assume Columbo sets this all up, right? Is where he staffs that bar. Yeah, to have them all there. Right. And at a a certain point, George Wendt's character realizes this, right? Yeah. He starts to get sweaty and nervous. Which almost kind of could be interesting, but it's not. Well, like at that moment, I was like, is Columbo trying to entrap this guy or is he trying to drive him insane? Right. Oh, well, I tell you about driving him insane. Did you notice when Wendt starts to leave, all of a sudden we get Dutch angles? Yeah. We got these wild ass. Yeah. Like fucking third man Dutch angles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like like, Palumbo's not just trying to convict him, he's trying to gaslight him. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there I have a shot here, I get a screen cap that's so it's got such an angle and such weird lighting, it really looks like George went on Batman sixty six. <laughs> Perfectly framed. Yeah, and this whole that's a we okay, so also with that last scene where the entrapment scene, the restaurant, um where you have Rod Steiger saying, hey, I'm going to kill this guy. Cop, you can't do anything with it. Columbo just leaves. And as a long-time viewer, you're supposed to kind of believe that because they play it for such a yeah. long time. And then also, the whole thing we've talked about before, like uh, Columbo getting beat up, that's the only time that's ever happened in this. Like, all that, just it's so kind of well, unpleasant. Up, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. up in uh, the Ed McVeigh episode. Yeah, he gets he gets hit too in. Um, oh right, okay. Yes. Uh, the one with the lady pilot. I can't remember the, the you name. You guys of the make episode. me watch oh, episode. Right. Columbo gets beaten up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the only ones you should watch. Uh, we're trying to break you, Leonard. Yeah. Uh, the music in this episode uh, again with Rod Steiger, the very bad fake uh, Godfather music that pops up yep. whenever he's in that. I found annoying too. Uh, yeah, they with, with the. For... Yeah. And what was the one that they did at the end? It was like Pop Goes the Weasel or... Oh, it's oh, This Old Man. Yeah, it was This Old Man. That That's the Columbo oh, yeah. kind of underlying leitmotif or something, whatever you want to call it, uh, throughout the entire series. Uh, but also there, I remember uh, the music, uh, something else I noticed, uh, when he's looking at the mouse or vole in the dumpster, uh, there's a shot of it when it's on the piece of paper when he's like uh, doing the lines and trying to measure it. It's very, very serious music, as though he has found it murdered. Which is yeah. like, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's very serious, like, oh no, oh god, he's found another murder victim. You're right, it had the sting, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Like, oh god, oh, how, another life lost. The uh, the how fake sad. Godfather music, by the way, I believe is uh, Torna a Sorrento, Return to Sorrento. Ah, okay. Return to so Sender, can... more like. More like, more like return these clams. Oh, God. <laughs> bad clams, everybody. Yeah, uh, bad clams. Good I have a note here saying, um, I think Columbo may be depressed in this episode. Yeah, yeah. By the time uh, the LAPD has gone entirely over to a racism-based style of policing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might be it. I, I don't... This is another one where I'm not quite sure that Colombo has jurisdiction because they keep oh way out in the mountains there yeah way out in the mountain area yeah. it's like yeah, yeah why is the, even the dispatcher at one point says it's in Chatham which is not in L A no oh. and it's, yeah he's he's a city cop he's not like a he's not a sheriff's deputy he's got to stay in L A huh yeah. and um, murder well, didn't we, happen in L A did it I don't think so no it was out no. in the sticks you know yeah. 
No, the, the yeah, it was yeah, he did it in the country near his farm, and then the second murder also occurred like on his like in his house, which is way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, and relatedly, it this is a very minor thing in the shit stew of this episode, but <laughs> Went kept referring to his residence as a farm. Right. He wasn't a farmer, he was a rancher. He was no, a I, I can't uh, think horse, of it as a horse farm. Horse, yeah. horse guys will call it a farm. That's that's Wait. not too wrong. All right, well, I live in Chicago, leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Why doesn't he call it a stockyard, like we call everything? <laughs> Why was Columbo measuring the mouse in the metric system? <laughs> I didn't even it's notice that. Progressive. It's all, yeah, it's all like, um, yeah, like uh, centimeters. He's measured the mouse in centimeters. Columbo is, is secretly into a bunch of, like, nerdy progressive things. Like, he likes the metric system. Uh, he uses the French Republican calendar. And <laughs> <laughs> be Thermidor. Yeah. He's, he's Esperanto. <laughs> <laughs> Just driving John Finnegan fucking crazy at uh, at Barney's Beanery. Uh, and you know how you say, have a nice day at Esperanto? And he's just constantly cleaning glasses and trying not to listen. Right. Oh, I like God. It. I mean, uh, how much farther do we need to go on this, fellas? This is... I think we, we've nailed it. Dude. I think we've kind of... This is... Let's, let's go around, then, and sure. do our little summaries. Uh, final thoughts... Uh, your overall impressions of this, our last episode. Let's start with Leonard. Leonard? Well, it's been an honor and a privilege to be part of this great adventure well, with we, you. We started it with you and we've ended it with you. There's like, a, what, a 2014 was our first one, I believe? Like a summer of 2014, must... yeah. Yeah, 2002. Just like on Earth, it <laughs> began when I was born and it will end when I die. Exactly, yeah. there we go. Well, though, thank you for doing this both times. But uh, yeah, we started you off with an awfully good one. I mean, for crying out yeah. loud, Johnny Cash as a killer, and Loved we're ending it. with this. And uh, oh. so, yeah, what are you? What are your? Well, yeah. I was, I was, I was telling John earlier that I think it's good to go out with this one because you don't want to go out with a mediocre episode. You want to go out with one that's either really good or really shitty. And I and thought it was going to be mediocre. And gosh, no. oh heavens <laughs> to Betsy! Imagine my surprise. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely like this is this is Oof. an episode of Columbo. Again, you know, the Ed McBain episode wasn't really very Columbo-ish. This one was very Columbo-ish, but it was Columbo-ish, like except everybody involved had like been hit in the head before. before yeah, I, I, I really get your point though. Where that one, okay, there is enough of a remove that okay, you you can distance it from Columbo because like they're doing something different. This one, it's just close enough. And to be very frustrating that it couldn't have yeah, been better. Yeah, this was better. just a bad Columbo. It wasn't a non-Columbo. Yeah. It was a bad Columbo. Yeah. Right. But I'm I'm glad I got to see it because it's been built up so much in my mind. Like, <laughs> you guys have talked about the George Wynn episode for so long. <laughs> I, I'm honored that I got to see it. And I'm not disappointed in the least because it was really... The minute I saw him waddle on screen, dressed in a black trench coat in Los Angeles, in the summer, and, and, a, and, and a slash hat, I was and, like, this and, is In the Hollywood Theater District, according to the banners outside the pawn shop. I was like, this is going to be a good one, and I was not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. It just it just it is odd that it became this part of whatever sad, half assed pathetic mythology we've built up with this program over the last like five years. 
you know, the George Went episode, yeah, I like I said um, at the outset, oh, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to be a mediocre thing. And no, it was actually, it was a very not good episode of Columbo. It was, a, as I've said before, but other ones, it was not a good episode of television. It was, <laughs> it was just, it was dull, strange. So many things did not make sense and it was just not good. And I would, I would put it, <clears throat> On the list of one of my least favorite episodes of the program. It was, oof. It was not good. It was such a disappointment because of who was in it and who was involved, too, that I was thinking, like, oh, it should be good because of so-and-so and so-and-so. It was like, nope. It was just not good. It was dull and just plotting and just badly constructed. And, yeah, oof. What what a what a high note to go out on, but I think kind of fitting. And so I think kind of fitting in some way, John. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What would you rate this <laughs> episode for the last time ever? Yeah. Uh, so I think this was a great episode to end on. Yeah. It really You're, is. In a weird way, if, it is. You're right. Yeah. If we had ended on a really good one. Yeah. Then we would have just anything we came too maudlin, too easy. Yeah, no, it's just that when we talk about the good ones, we get really fired up. We come up with some really good ideas, and then that kind of colors how we watch the rest of the series. So if we came up with some big revelation about something great about Columbo, now it would be worthless. It would just yeah. dissipate into nothing. So all we can really say now is don't watch this one. And right, it's great. Exactly. That, yes, don't. That please can go on. learn from us. Learn from our <laughs> mistakes. Don't don't watch uh, this episode of Columbo. Yeah, yeah. I there are a lot. There's there are some really bad ones that are fun to watch, and this one unfortunately isn't fun. Uh, nobody seems to be enjoying themselves except Rod Steiger. And oh, that's a good Rod's, point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I Rod Steiger seems to enjoy things in a way that precludes other people from enjoying them too. <laughs> right. Might just might just be something I picked up. Um, yeah. So it's. I will say, by the way, this is, I agree with Larry, this is definitely worse than any than either of the McBain episodes. Because yeah, at least those were... Well, well, hold on, hold on. Let's not be too hasty with both the, of them. Uh, the kidnapping one. Yeah. Because oh, the kidnapping okay. one had a plot. Oh, that's true, it did, yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> this one did not. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the other, what's the other classically bad one? It's McBain and uh, uh, I'm always going to well, say. Heck, um, I can't well, I'm always going to say uh, "Sex and the Married Detective." I think that one's terrible. Uh, that one is really bad. Oh, you know what it is? Caution, murder, murder maybe has a Yes, yes. Which is easily the stupidest episode. Right. Yes. This and is this is com- on par with that. Definitely. This yeah. is at least on par. And well, though would... here's the thing: that one at least had a kind of complicated gotcha who done it thing, whereas as Leonard pointed out. Mm-hmm. He had something on him in the first like two minutes Second. he knew the guy, and then just didn't do anything with it. At least that one he had to um, work for. It. This one there was nothing to work for, and yet you still had to sit through another hour of television to get to that point of not doing anything with it. Yeah, I think too with with caution, murder maybe hazardous to your health. That had George Hamilton. Yeah. And oh right. That guy, yes. Okay. Right, just constantly oily, overacting, and we love it because that's kind of a character. He was cast Went, well. Yeah. Yeah, he was cast well. Went is Norm, and I guess what they were trying to do was find him something different to play. But what a mistake! 
Although this being said, I, ha- I think our next podcast should be uh, all eight episodes of the George Went show. Wait. Oh, I forgot. It. Wait. That was. Oh, wait. Oh, God. 1995. I forgot so, about that. Right around this. Right near this. Brian Doyle Murray. Who else was on that? Uh, not. Well, Kate Hodge, uh, his sister, actually, George Went's sister, or sorry, George Went's wife actually has a role on here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Actually, may oh. not, I may not dislike that idea. Anyway. Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> have fun making um, that one. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Where I can't think of anything else. The only other thing I wanted to mention was just so folks knew that we knew that the Eliza Doolittle thing was there for a reason, but I hated the reason. Well, what was so, the reason, though? I mean, just kind of... Oh, because there's a famous horse race scene in My Fair Lady. Oh, okay. So they had this they had this nitwit dress up in a knitted Eliza Doolittle outfit and scream at us, which captured the magic of My Fair Lady. Lerner and Lowe have never been so well represented. Oh, you know what? I just... I'm sorry. I'm looking at the uh, listing for the George Wentz show. I remember watching that. It's based on the Car Talk guys. We are watching this. We are. Is, this is our new podcast. It's, it's they did a TV show based on the Car Talk guys. That's what it is. Doing it. Doing oh it. my god! I forgot about that. Doing I it. remember watching. It. Oh my god! Listeners, I'll continue to harass him off the air. No. We're doing this. That's okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, I guess we're. I guess that's it, though. I can't think of anything else to say, so I'm going to give my final. Yes. Last. This is my last rating I forever. Know, yeah. Richard Massara said I said I choke up by now. Until we do another show, but yeah, all right. <laughs> we do another show. Ready? Yeah, sure. I'm giving it one clam, fresh clam flown straight from Napoli. <laughs> but just one. It it's kind of not. It, the only reason to watch it would be if you're really into the to the mythology of our podcast. Yeah, or if you're if, if you're a completist for the show itself, which yeah. that's, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's fine. It just yeah, it's not gonna you be, wanna, you're not gonna enjoy it. You'll watch it. It'll go away. It'll just float out of your head, and that's it. I'll say this: I would love to hear from people who did like it. I want to hear people tell me what they got out of this because I, I imagine some people have told me they think it's an okay episode. Oh. You hear that, George Wendt? Our our phone lines are open. Yeah, sure. George Went, uh, uh, any of your other comedian-related family members, please? Sure. That'll, that'll Jason Sudeikis? Of course. Oh, right, yes, Jason Sudeikis, his nephew? Right, yeah, nephew, yeah. you said I before the show, yeah. Dis- discovered that Jason Sudeikis is his nephew, doesn't affect anything, but now we have that knowledge. Odd, that's so odd. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Runs in the family, Chicago people, yeah. Oh, Same boy. Nose. Well... That's it. That's Columbo. We watched every single episode. It only took us like five years to do it. <laughs> and a couple of Mrs. Columbos along the way. Yeah. Too many Mrs. Columbos along the way, but yes. Um, well, yeah, that's the show for this time around. Uh, if you want to listen to all of the rest of them, you can go to jmtpodcast.com or uh, look for us on uh, the TV and film section of uh, your iTunes, uh, your uh, Google podcast app stitcher what have you we're out there uh we're on there um the tumblr uh definitely will there'll be some uh, screen grabs from this one uh with yeah. no female presenting nipples we guarantee you there'll be some uh screen grabs from this one on our tumblr jmt podcast on there uh, if you want to follow us actually you know you should follow us on uh, twitter uh because 
Uh, whatever we end up doing next, and we do have an idea for something next, we'll definitely post it there and on the Tumblr. And, uh, the George you... Went Show podcast. That's right. Yes. Um, well, we'll definitely put it there. It's Jam Podcast on uh, uh, Twitter, too. Um, and if you want to write to us, um, I, we won't be answering them on the air, I suppose. But if you just want to drop us a nice, polite line or something, I guess, you can see Columbo at uh, But we do have uh, something we've been discussing, um, but uh, hopefully have something that in the next couple of months that we'll let people know about um, as we get some details ironed out, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have something uh, sometime this year, which means uh, for us, the way this thing has gone, eh, 20, 28 or so, we'll mm-hmm. have we'll have the first episode of the next thing. Who knows if there is a next thing. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the program. That's Columbo. That's the entire series of Columbo. We watched every single episode and talked about every single episode uh, with a bunch of uh, wonderful guests, wonderful people, uh, with you folks uh, listening to us, uh, which we greatly appreciate. And uh, with Leonard at the very first one, thank you again for being with us at the beginning and the ending, Leonard. God bless you, boys. And uh, Leonard, uh, where, where should uh, people look for things you're working on these days or uh, any Patreons or anything like that that you might want folks to uh, go to? Where should they go? Plug oh, away. Boy. They can always go to leonardpierce.com. That's always got something on it. Um, I write semi-regularly for the Comics Journal, pcj.com. And I myself will be debuting a podcast later this year, probably in summer, yes. Oh, what do we know what's about yet? Or can we keep working that out still or what? Uh, It is going to be called Friends Watching Friends. (laughs) And it will be... Uh, two socialists watching episodes of Friends, neither of whom have ever seen Friends before. Oh, dear. Okay. That, huh. <laughs> two socialists. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna listen to that. That sounds neat. That sounds like surely a good idea. It's, yeah. Surely it's comrades watching Friends. That's not as catchy of a title. Uh, all right. Don't second guess me, John. You got it. You got it. No, it, it's... Just let's go back to those alternate titles folks. for this episode. That's going to grab. That's going to grab folks better. The other one. I got I like notes. That. I got I like notes. That. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that is that's the podcast, folks. That's the podcast. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, talking to you again soon. Oh wait, John. Hi. Wait, wait. Hold on, what? John. What? Hey, do you have something to what? plug coming up in the next couple months or so until we come back? No, but you can always, of course, check me out at calamityjohn.com or calamityjohnsave.us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, the only two social medias I bother to keep anymore under the same name. Uh, and, um, of course, I'm the author of three books you can pick up from Amazon, uh, featuring each in each book 100 or more of the weirdest comic book characters in comic book history, The League of Regrettable Superheroes, The Legion of Regrettable Supervillains, and The League of Regrettable Sidekicks. And uh, those are all the things I do. All right. And uh, if anybody wants to follow me, I'm at... Um... RJ underscore white on Twitter and RJ white 3000 on Instagram. And otherwise I'm just not really out there on social media and that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be seeing you again soonish. Uh, but yeah, if, if we are, we'll definitely let you know what it is and what you should be listening to. So yeah, that's it. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Join us again for our, uh, the George Wentz show. Shall we? All right. All right. All right. All right. Any day now. 
Just one more thing. No, I've never seen this man with my brother. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, sir. Are we still friends? Oh, of course. Why would you ask? I just don't want you to feel insulted when I tell you to leave. Oh. You're leaving. Yes, sir. Oh, sir. Just one more thing. No, Lieutenant. There is no just one more thing. Goodbye. 